and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Yesterday, we talked about college football, previewing all the New Year's bowl games, the future rookies that will be playing with those games, joined by Maddie Kiwoom. Great episode. If you guys missed it, go check it out as we broke down some of the players. I ended up having great games yesterday as well. So that was a fun little episode. But today, we're wrapping up the fantasy football season. Today, we're talking about the people who won some championships, people who lost two championships, as well as, of course, breaking down some of the biggest storylines from week 17. So tons of stuff coming up this morning on Wake and Take. So take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. So good morning, everyone. Welcome in. Hope you all had a fantastic New Year, fantastic New Year's Eve, and you guys are ready to kick 2024's ass. And I hope 2023 ended well by bringing home a fantasy football championship. Before we get into the winners and losers, though, I want to talk about some of the biggest storylines from this week's uh, games, from, from this week's news, the little updates that we saw. Lots of storylines here. Lots of storylines here. Genuinely, lots of fun stuff, lots of interesting stuff happened, and we'll start with the Lions controversy. On Saturday night, they scored a go-ahead touchdown to bring the game within striking distance 19-20. to An extra point would have tied the game to bring it into overtime with the Cowboys, but Dan Campbell and his gonad said no. We're going to go for the two-point conversion, and we're not just going to go for any two-point conversion. We're going to do a trick play with our offensive linemen. They're going to declare themselves eligible, and they're going to catch the two-point conversion. Well, that's exactly what happened as Taylor Decker goes to the referee, declares himself eligible, runs the play, catches the two-point conversion. Everything is great. It's money. They win the game. And then the refs are like, no, 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 no. No, you did not declare yourself eligible. You're an eligible receiver. That was not a two-point conversion. Try again. Very frustrating stuff for the Detroit Lions as they did everything right and still the referee screwed them out of a win. I will argue, if I am in Dan Campbell's shoes, I realize that your whole shtick is that you've got the biggest balls in the game. But dude, once you get that penalty, you've got to just kick that extra point to bring it to overtime. That is my one thing on this. Just kick the extra point and go to overtime at that point. Yes, the referees are wrong in that they shouldn't have called it an eligible receiver. You did everything right. Dan Campbell even came out and said that I actually wrote down this play on paper, physically wrote it out to the referees in the pregame to get it approved. They knew it was coming. Then there's video coming out of Taylor Decker going to the referee, declaring himself eligible. The problem here is that he went with Dan Skipper and they both went up, and for some reason, the ref just forgot, did something wrong, and thought that it was Dan Skipper that declared himself eligible and not Taylor Decker. Uh, I, it's a huge mistake, and I, I'm very confused as to why the NFL hasn't really done anything yet. The only thing I've seen so far is the fact that this referee crew will not be allowed to referee any playoff games. Yes, that's a punishment, but I would like to see an official statement from them on this one because it's kind of ridiculous. The Lions not only lost this game, but they lost their chance to be number one in the NFC. They've basically lost their chance to even be number two in the NFC. Things have to go their way. And now they've lost, uh, well, well, that would be potentially two home games in the playoffs uh, that, that they could have lost out on now, especially if they have to go play the NFC East champion who will end up being the number two seed if it's the Cowboys. So it's it's really, 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 really tough draw for them. 
Luckily, they are the Lions, and they're head coached by Dan Campbell, who, again, is just a, a ball of fire. And he's come out and said that this will spark the team, that they will now have controlled fury, which is terrifying to hear if I'm the rest of the NFL. They feel like they were robbed. They were robbed, and they're playing with a massive chip on their shoulder, something they already had, right? So, I mean, they basically got a chip on each shoulder now going into the playoffs, ready to wreak havoc. It's going to be fun. I wish them the best, and I wish the NFL would do something. I mean, I think that this officiating crew should not only be fine, should be made an example of, and and like actually come out and do something here because this is worse, in my opinion, than even the missed call at the end of the Rams-Saints game a few years back in the playoffs. That one was very egregious, but this one was just like so technically wrong. Like, yes, you're going to miss some calls sometimes, but you shouldn't make absolutely incorrect calls after a team does everything wrong or right. Like that's, that is just wrong at its core. And I would be so, so gutted if I were Alliance player, Alliance fan, really I'm gutted as an NFL fan. It sucked to have to watch that uh, and know that nothing's going to happen. Nothing at all is going to happen to these referees besides the fact they won't be able to uh, ref some playoff games this year, but I'm sure they'll be able to ref playoff games in 2024 so it's it's really just a non-issue here, which is just ridiculous. I am curious what your guys' thoughts are on here. Um, you've got – I'm just curious, right? Write down, you know, what, what should the NFL do to the refs? I want to see. Should they fire them? Should they fine them? Should they – what should they do? Let me know. Put in your comments. I'm curious your thoughts. Anthony, you, uh, you agree with me that they should have just kicked the extra point. Yeah, yeah, at that point, definitely. Just kick that extra point, take it to overtime and be mad there. I, I don't understand why you go for the two again, but again, he's just got big balls. That's what he's going to do. Some other interesting controversies going around the NFL is David Tepper. David Tepper, the Panthers owner that everyone already hates, that NFL owners have already been trying to get rid of, goes out and gives everyone plenty of reason to hate him even more. I don't know why you would do that if you're already like a villain in the, in where you work, where, where you reside. Uh, he throws a drink at a Jaguars fan, it's not like as egregious as like he's like taking a bottle and chucking at him. It, he has like a, I would assume like a gin and tonic, like it's like a clear cup that he like splashes out of his press box onto the Jaguars fans below. Uh, so it's not like, you know, like a, a big kind of drink pouring, but it's still pretty crazy that he'd go out and do that. And we've seen fans in particular get harshly punished for this type of behavior and so I would imagine the owner here David Tepper is going to get some sort of fine or something will just be a, a a drop in a bucket to how much money this guy has but still I hope and I mean I think that this could be grounds to for removal I mean you can't have owners of your teams acting like this in the stadium that's just not only irresponsible it's immature it's stupid it's silly and you don't want that, A, representing your franchise, literally owning your franchise, but being one of 32 owners in the league, one of the most important leagues in the world, one of the biggest money makers in the world, and one of the people running one of the teams is uh, an immature little brat who throws his drink on the Jaguars fan. And I mean, dude, come on. Did you really expect your Panthers to beat the Jaguars anyway? Like, what, what's going on here? I know that they had C.J. Beathard, but they're still a borderline playoff team with him. So it's it, – it, I don't know. What were you expecting, man? What just, just terrible display, terrible behavior by an owner. You would expect more from a guy like that. But we talked about, I don't know if you guys remember the story we talked about a few weeks back where uh, he, was, he wasn't he was given a promotion. So then later down the line, he bought 
the mansion of his boss that didn't promote him, tore down the mansion, and then built a mansion twice the size just to kind of spite him. So he's just an immature person to begin with, uh, a, a petty person to begin with. And then to see him do this to a fan, just a normal person, uh, it, it's just it's disgusting uh, that he feels that he can act this way with no repercussions. And honestly, I hope that the boot comes swiftly. And I hope it's really serious. Like, I, I know it's just a silly drink throw, but I think that a, an example like the referees in this Lions-Cowboys situation, an example needs to be made of David Tepper. Owners especially cannot act like this. I know that we're all equal at the end of the day, and we should all be treated fairly. But I think those at the top should be held even even more accountable. I really do. I, I really do. And if we're going to punish fans, give them lifetime bans for this type of act, then I don't even – I. what do you do for an owner? Uh, a lifetime ban, I feel like, is is in agreement. But at the very least, ban him from going to games. But I just – I don't think he should be an owner anymore. I plain and simple just don't think he should be an owner anymore. And, again, I know it's something silly that it's a drink throw. But also, again, we've seen fans be banned for life, never be able to go support their team again because they did something similar. Uh, so I, I just I, I want to see David Tepper out of here. I think he just needs to be kicked out of the league because this is just immature rap behavior. It's terrible. Uh, just terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, next, we have Chris McCaffrey. Just real quick. It's not like it really even matters anymore. Fantasy football season behind us. We're now in the dynasty in season. But still, mild calf strain battling this injury. Picked it up in game. Still got us like 12 points before getting injured, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, he's out. He's out this week, and he'll be out in their bye week for the playoffs as he rests up to be good to go in the playoffs. He should be totally good. This, that'll be two, three weeks of rest for him uh, before returning. They have the bye week. So Christian McCaffrey going to be full go for the playoffs, just a mild strain. So if you're wondering if you should draft him in your playoff teams, your fantasy playoff teams, then definitely. It's Christian McCaffrey. Next, in terms of news, we have Bo Melton. Breakout Packers receiver randomly out of nowhere, Bo Melton, uh, was, is replacing Samari Torre on the active roster. Uh, Melton was activated from the practice squad this week before the game to make up for Christian Watson being out and a couple other injuries, and he showed up in a big way. Bo Melton was the first Packers receiver this season to have 100 receiving yards in a game. Christian Watson didn't do it. Dontavian Wicks didn't do it. Romeo Dubs didn't do it. Jaden Reed didn't do it. Bo Melton was the first Packers receiver this season to have 100 receiving yards. Seventh round pick in last year's draft by the Seahawks. Randomly showing up here for the Green Bay Packers. You do love to see it. And it's important to talk about this because it is dynasty season. Yes, Go pick up Bo Melton. I know it seems silly, but you actually can go to playerprofiler.com and look at his workout metrics. He has a solid profile. He showed up in this massively important game, and now he's being put on the active roster on a team that keeps having injuries happen to its wide receivers, to its tight ends. So yes, Bo Melton probably won't be the biggest benefactor or the biggest producer in his career, but he's someone in deeper leagues that I think should be rostered. Good profile, just showed up. Uh, and I'm assuming now that he's activated to the active roster, we'll continue to play for the rest of the season. If the Packers make the playoffs, a more chance to make some noise. So I would say if you have some room on the end of your bench, you want a Packers player, get Bo Melton. Uh, why not? Why not? And just a little thing to add to it on top of the solid profile. Same draft class as Isaiah Pacheco. Both played at Rutgers together. Both really athletic players. So maybe just both of these guys want to produce at the NFL together. Really? I mean, is that is that so hard to imagine? 
So go get some Bo Melton. I think it was interesting that he did all that, and it's cool to see him be elevated to the active roster. And the last bit of news we have for you is, oh my God, it's Arthur Smith. It's Arthur Smith. And the Falcons, with Arthur Smith, (laughs) are deciding to keep him. Reports are continuously coming out. I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but I would expect, I had expected these reports to change, but they are expected to keep Arthur Smith for the 2024 season. Here's my take on this. I I have been going back and forth on how I feel about this, but as frustrating as it is, I think this is the right move. I know that he killed us this year with how he managed Bijan Robinson, with how he managed Kyle Pitts, with how he managed Drake London. But the argument is still out there that he deserves to have a chance with a quarterback. And I think I do agree with that. I do agree with that. The Falcons should have won a few more games this season easily. Should Arthur Smith have used his playmakers more this season? Easily. Does he still deserve one more chance with a good quarterback? I I really do think so. as, As painful as it is to say, I think that this team has showed enough potential and promise under his leadership that it makes sense to give him a chance with a quarterback. I will add a caveat. Very, very short leash. I'm talking six, eight games max in 2024. Like that's how I think this leash needs to be. If they go into their bye week or let's just say week eight and they're at 500 or worse, fire. They need to have like a six and two record going into week eight for me to feel comfortable with Arthur Smith as the head coach next season with a good quarterback. But I think it's okay. I really don't think I'm that upset with them keeping him in 2024, provided they give him a quarterback. I just, I think that it's a logical move because then if you get rid of him, then you're talking about a team that's going to have to have a new quarterback come in next year, a new coach come in next year, and everything's going to be changing, right? Is they're kind of trending in the right direction? So I think bring in this quarterback, let Arthur Smith see what he can do with this quarterback. And then if things go poorly or even just okay, you can move on from Arthur Smith. Uh, you'll have no like uh, uh, buyer's remorse. What's the opposite of buyer's remorse? But basically, if you give him every opportunity and he still fails to succeed, then you'll feel good about yourself when you do fire him. But I feel like if you were to fire him now, Arthur Smith in particular is going to be like, well, you'll never know what could have happened if I had a quarterback. And so Terry Fontenot and the rest of the Falcons front office is like, all right, fair. We'll get you Justin Fields. We'll get you Jaden Daniels. But you've got a short leash. And that's, I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with it. Because at the end of the day, it's not about fantasy football at the NFL level. It is about real football. It's about the wins. And this defense has looked really good as of late. The offense has been showing some promise. All the pieces are there outside of a quarterback. So instead of going full rebuild, instead of starting from scratch, I think it's okay to try to keep your head coach on a short leash with a good quarterback. I know I'm going to maybe get some heat for it, but I really do think it's the right process move. As much as it pains me to say it, the more and more I think about it, I really do think it's it's okay. It's fine. It better not be Ryan Tannehill, though, Jared. If it is Ryan Tannehill, then we have an issue. It needs to be a good quarterback. A good quarterback. <laughs> I can't handle it. If it's Ryan Tannehill, I burn it all down. I, I Trade Kyle Pitts, trade Drake London, trade B. John Robinson. I don't even want to look at that team anymore if they have Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback next year. But let's do it. That is all the news and updates. Let's talk about some players that won some championships, uh, lost some championships. Because uh, 
it's done, guys. Fantasy football season is over. So we can look back at some guys, and we'll start with the winners. We'll start with the winners. I've got four players uh, that I think would be classified as winners, and mostly because they performed really well in Week 17, but also some season-long implications. So uh, first, Lamar Jackson. As you can see by the picture, Lamar Jackson is one of the biggest winners of this season, and it starts with his Week 17 performance, 36.3 points absolutely put the Ravens and his fantasy football managers teams on his back, bringing people over the top uh, for their championships. I mean, he was the best performing quarterback, one of the best performing players on the slate. And honestly, there weren't a lot of quarterbacks who uh, did that well last week. Uh, I don't think anyone else scored over 30. So Lamar Jackson, a big winner. And it wasn't even just because of his week 17 performance or how he performed down the stretch. It was also just because his ADP wasn't too much. I mean, you can get Lamar Jackson after a lot of quarterbacks and still end up being fine uh, at all the other positions. So Lamar Jackson was probably the quarterback to target this year if you wanted to win your championship, plain and simple. He let you be able to build around him in the earlier rounds, and uh, it, it's just remarkable season from him. MVP season, great week 17 performance. He is a fantasy football championship winner. Another one, Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford is another fantasy football championship winner, and this is more of a season-long implication, but also Week 17 again. All of these guys, really good season implications, really good Week 17 performances, but I chose Jerome Ford because he scored 26.1 points this week, which was fantastic, great performance, but also he was the handcuff to roster. It wasn't Elijah Mitchell. It wasn't Antonio Gibson. It wasn't Zamir White, who ended up coming in down the clutch, of course. It was Jerome Ford. Nick Chubb got hurt early, and Jerome Ford produced early and often, consistent all year, and then showed up huge in Week 17 with this 26.1 performance. So just a round of applause to Jerome Ford as he closed out the championship for a lot of managers. Another fantasy football championship winner was C.D. Lamb. He was the highest scoring player on this slate, so of course he's going to be a winner. 40.2 PPR points for C.D. Lamb absolutely phenomenal performance and he was electric all season in a year where Jamar Chase got injured and was kind of disappointing to start the year in a year where Justin Jefferson got injured and was also a bit streaky C.D. Lamb wasn't he was basically consistent all year on top of having some massive ceiling games winning weeks consistently I mean C.D. Lamb like Lamar Jackson was probably the wide receiver to draft because he wasn't going uh, as early as he should based on his dynasty rankings. I mean, he was sometimes fourth, fifth, sixth wide receiver taken in these drafts, and yet he finished as one of the best ones to own and really showed up in week 17, 40.2 PPR points. So C.D. Lamb, a fantasy football championship winner. And lastly, and probably the MVP of the 2023 fantasy football season, Kai Wren Williams or Kai Wynn Williams, might I add. This guy was a pickup in week one and was probably the most important pickup of the entire season. Not Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, who performed week in, week out, multiple touchdowns, week in, week out, 100-yard performances, week in, week out. Missed four games this year and still has over a 1,000 rush yards this season. Just an incredible year from Kyron Williams. And to top it all off, he scored yet three touchdowns, 30.1 points in week 17, winning the championship for the people that picked him up and rode with him all year. So Kyron Williams, a massive producer, 
one of the biggest winners of the season, if not the fantasy football 2023 MVP, Kai Wynn Williams. What a year. What a year by him. Those are the winners. Those are my four winners I've selected. Lamar Jackson, Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford, and CeeDee Lamb. All four of those guys showed up huge in week 17 and were also on a ton of fantasy championship winners. Some losers, some L guys, Patrick Mahomes, big loser, along with Travis Kelsey. I'm just going to call it the Mahomes-Kelsey stack. That was probably... Kyron Williams was the most valuable player of the 2023 fantasy football season. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, probably the least valuable players of the fantasy football season. Travis Kelsey was a first round pick in most fantasy football drafts, in most of them. And then Patrick Mahomes was picked right back up in that second, third round turn. People started their teams with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey thinking that they would be able to carry them to the championship. I would argue, and it's probably true, not even really an argument, people who had the Mahomes-Kelsey stack probably didn't even make the playoffs. But the teams that did somehow eke through, get to the championship, were disappointed one last time as they combined for 16.6 points in PPR. 12 from Mahomes, 4.6 from Travis Kelsey in the biggest week of the year. Terrible year from them. Terrible week 17 for them absolutely disappointing probably the biggest disappointment of the 2023 fantasy football season Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey especially the teams that stacked them early in their drafts there was almost no way to recover from it really the only way would have been if you picked up Kyron Williams drafted Jerome Ford late and also maybe got some Puka Dakua like you had to get really lucky to overcome those guys and then still you never would have earned the gonads to bench Mahomes, to bench Travis Kelsey. So they burned you in the biggest week of the year. Championship loser, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, 4.2 points in the championship. Should have been a cake matchup. I mean, Derrick Henry in his career smashes the Houston Texans, but does nothing in this game. Inconsistent all year. Yeah, he had some smash games. But dude had a negative point game at one point, uh, multiple under five point games on top of his ceiling game. So it was just an inconsistent, streaky year from Derrick Henry all year. And then to make matters worse, he scores 4.2 in the biggest week of the year. So a big loser L for Derrick Henry. Chris Olave as well. This one sucks because Chris Olave started the year so cold, really inconsistent all season. Uh, and so people actually had earned or had started benching Chris Olave. It was just like, I'm not going to trust Chris Olave. I really can't. Derek Carr doesn't look his way. And then over the last few weeks, things changed. Derek Carr did start looking Chris Olave's way. In the fantasy football championship or in the fantasy football semifinals, Chris Olave had 123 yards and nine receptions. So everyone started to trust him again just in time for the championships, people were like, Chris Olave is finally here, ready to win me my league. Nope. No, 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 no. Chris Olave scored 5.6 PPR points just after scoring 22 points, just after finally earning everyone's trust back. 5.6 points. And to pour more salt in the wound, Jawan Johnson scored 23 points in this game. It was just abysmal from Olave. 
ending a disappointing year on a sour note, championship loser Chris Olave. And finally, one of the other biggest losers, T. Higgins. T. Higgins, man. Like Chris Olave, inconsistent all year. Fantasy Fantasy managers lost trust in him. He was not sniffing lineups a couple weeks ago at all. People were like, I am not starting T. Higgins. It's Jake Browning. He's been injured. He hasn't seemed himself. Then he catches fire. Two touchdowns two weeks ago. 100 yards last week. This week, 2.9 fantasy points. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just as he finally earned everyone's trust again. Disappoints. Lays a dookie on the biggest week of the year. Fantasy football championship loser, T. Higgins. So Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Derrick Henry, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, some of the biggest championship losers. Lamar Jackson, Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford, and C.D. Lamb, some of the biggest fantasy football championship winners. Those of you still tuning in, let me know who helped you win your league the most. Who burned you if you didn't win it? I'm curious. But let's see. We have ended the show. Let's see if there are any questions in here or just some shout outs just some shout outs refs should have to go to special training if they screw up kind of like after school detention i love that that would be that would be hilarious like a little like a little boot camp kind of thing (laughs) that'd be funny uh happy new year to you harry snowman hopefully everyone has that championship glow yes hopefully everyone tuning in hopefully you guys did win that championship this week ended 2023 on a high note but it looks like we have some shout outs here gerard dean Shout out Evan Ingram. Helped me tremendously. Yes, Evan Ingram was one of the best tight ends to draft. Uh, him, David Njoku, a lot of those guys right there at the end, uh, especially towards the end of the season. Ended the year on a very high note. Started to get a ton of volume. And what's awesome about Evan Ingram, we'll add a little dynasty spin to this. He really didn't gain much value. or value. Like His value remained relatively the same despite performing extremely well. Uh, so Evan Ingram is honestly a guy I would still be buying. In Dynasty, I mean, he's he's easy to acquire uh, and and performs, really, and still attached to Trevor Lawrence. So Evan Ingram, a good Dynasty buy, and a guy who helped Jared win his championship. Applied Literature says, shout out A.J. Brown, James Cook, Swift, and Diggs for contributing to my losing efforts with their basement performances. Sorry about that, man. That happens, and it sucks that it's these guys, right? A.J. Brown, James Cook, Swift, and Diggs, all of them kind of catching fire as of late. And uh, Diggs looking like to keep his uh, pace up, always kind of destroying the New England Patriots. DeAndre Swift was finally getting some volume. James Cook was finally getting some volume. I I don't know what happened with A.J. Brown and the Eagles. That's just weird. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, sorry about that literature. Better luck next year. Hopefully your second-place payout was still pretty good. We'll get you sorted. Keep tuning into the Wake and Take. We've got you all year, all season, all offseason, still going strong. Uh, Roshan Johnson, one Jamie, two leagues. Let's go. Did nothing all year. But when did he show up? Week 17, and that's what matters, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go, Roshan. And also, Jaden Reed won me the ship. So, guys, remember this? Jaden Reed, Roshan Johnson, and plenty of other rookies that were cheap. Player profiler was in on really starting about this time last year, especially, well, you know, in a, in a few weeks, once we get to the senior bowl, we were heavily touting Roshan. And then after the draft, we were heavily touting Jaden Reed. So make sure you keep tuning in to player profiler to get you covered because these rookies can win you. Your championships are great values, even in redraft leagues beyond just the dynasty. 
So keep tuning in to Wake and Take all offseason as I get you covered on everything you need to know heading into the 2024 season. But also, subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel as everyone here at Player Profiler will get you sorted on all of our shows. Go check out all of our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. It all. Go follow there as we will get you sorted. Like this video and... Go check out our draft content has started coming out. There's a new mock draft by Maddie Kiwoom on Player Profiler in the article section. We are gearing up for draft content already. So go check out all those things. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in. I hope you all have a fantastic 2024. Happy New Year one more time. Have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. See you tomorrow. Peace.